This morning's scripture reading is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verses 31 to 33. These proverbs are printed in the back of your bulletin. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor. This is God's word. We spent the uh, previous three weeks examining Proverbs about how to make greater decisions with the words we use. And so the final great decision we can make wisely about words is how to receive them, how to be a wise listener of the words directed at us. About 10 days ago, I was having a, just a nice breakfast over at the Boco, it's in Boco over here with some good friends, and they had to kind of scurry off, and as they did so, um, just kind of sat down with my, my water and slice of orange and uh, the check, and was just kind of chilling and opening my Bible to my Bible reading for the day, and happened to be the Gospel of John, chapter 13, which is at the Last Supper, Jesus ties a towel around his waist and taking a basin of water begins to, to wash his disciples' feet. And at that moment, a friend approached me from the parking lot, just wanting to chat. After a little bit of small talk, he starts to get, get serious, and this is a gentleman who doesn't go to our church, but he, he was sharing about some unforgiveness that he'd been experiencing in his marriage. He had years ago messed up and probably should have also a long time ago fessed up what he'd done, but he did. And for the last two years, he felt like he was re-apologizing and re-apologizing to his spouse, and there was just no real forgiveness there. And it escalated to the point where he was feeling like he had to forgive his spouse not forgiving him. Does that make sense? And so I asked him, like, how, how are you doing with that? And he said, well, I'm, I'm trying to remember God's patience towards me, that God is loving towards me, patience towards me in Christ. He's so forgiving and tender towards me. And he said, though, that's not the only thing going on in my life. And, you know, in the meantime, my, my, my job is getting worse. Uh, it's getting harder. My performance doesn't seem to be viewed so great. And I've been asked to kind of do something in my work sort of under the table, sort of a little bit shady. And I asked him, well, well, how have you responded? He said, well, there only seems to be, to me, one way to escape, and that is to to quit my job and go work for another company that's been recruiting me. So I said, okay, well, that could be good, right? He said, yeah, except for it's my wife's company, and essentially she would be my boss. (laughs) You mean the unforgiving wife, you've had a hard time with. He's like, yeah. And so we talked a bit more, and, and, and he prayed, and he walked away. And, and it hit me after he left that listening is like modern-day foot washing. When, when Jesus took the place of a servant and, and washed the feet of his disciples, he, he wiped away every piece of filth that they had accumulated on a Palestinian road with a thin pair of sandals, right? Dust, dirt, mud. Not only what livestock had emitted, but also mules and horses whose, let's say, environmental footprint was significant and and smelly. And and they would bring this into a person's household. Now today, people, you know, and their feet carry far less unsanitary baggage, thankfully, but far more emotional baggage when they walk into our lives. And, And along the way, they pick up disappointment, they pick up frustration, they pick up dashed hopes short-lived victories that just tend to fail them. 
So tying a towel around our waist and grabbing a basin is letting someone know you have a few minutes and would love to talk with them. Loving one's neighbor is one way to view listening to my friend. But there's another way, however, another, another vantage point to look at that conversation that I described for you. So, so when I listened to him and thought about it later, reflecting on what, what I heard, I w- was challenged to examine my own heart about if there's any unforgiveness towards my own spouse. Listening to his temptation, the temptation directed at his integrity, was, was a great encouragement for me to pray and ask God for help and for strength when temptation comes my way that day, because it inevitably will. It does every day of our lives. And finally, considering his struggles at, at the prospect of working with his wife reminded me to consider boundaries in my own marriage. So, so my wife, she, she's, she's a great mom, she's married to me, and she works at a job. Those are all, all forms of work, and it's a great reminder to think about how can I love my wife in such a way where she doesn't feel overburdened by being a pastor's wife in addition to that. And so all of these things were coming through my mind, and I realized that by listening, I can, I can love this man, and by listening, I can learn a lesson from this man, right? He can teach me something. He can spur me on to think about my own life and how I can personally grow. And Proverbs, guys, emphasizes the latter with listening. Listening for personal growth. I thought this morning, to be honest with you, when I was going to preach about listening, I was going to preach about it in a way that listening is the best way we can serve others. Listening is the best way we can love God back. But Proverbs' emphasis is on actually the personal gain of listening. Look again at Proverbs 15 and note the personal gain. That by listening, you get to dwell among the wise. By listening, look there, you get to gain intelligence. By listening, humbling yourself and listening, you get personal honor. Now that sounds a bit selfish, but one way to think of it is like the instructions you get for an oxygen mask, right? When you head on a plane. And they tell you in case of an emergency, right, what do you do? First, grab your own mask and then assist the mask for others, with its child or whoever it might be. In order to be a person who assists his neighbor in their growth, you have to be intentional about your own. You have to think through and be intentional about your own growth, which requires listening. And we see in our passage this morning two types of listening and three rewards for listening, all of which is designed to grow us personally. All right, so let's get to it. Pull up our sleeves, work hard, get to this. Two types of listening. Look with me here at Proverbs fifteen thirty-two. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof, remember what reproof is. Reproof is someone calling you out about something in your life. Reproof gains intelligence. So we're going to see a pattern here in Proverbs. It's one of many multiple Proverbs that mentions these same two types of listening, instruction and reproof. So I'm going to read to you four more Proverbs. And every time I read these Proverbs, they're going to be up on the screen. Every time you see instruction or reproof, I want you to say it with me, okay? Every time I'm about to say instruction or reproof, say it with me, all right? Proverbs 10, 17. Whoever heeds is on the path of life. But he who rejects reproof leads others astray. Proverbs 13.1. A wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to a reproof. Proverbs 13.8. Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction. Very good. But whoever heeds reproof is honored. Proverbs 15.5. 
A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Very good class. Well done. Now, now listening for instruction and listening for reproof is how we can listen and grow in wisdom. Or put another way, it's listening for steady growth and listening for shocking growth. I'll explain what I mean. First, listening for steady growth comes by way of just instruction. That's regularly listening to wise instruction through the Word of God. It's very simple. The way we will grow steadily in Christ is by steadily reading words from God, the very Word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, which is all about Jesus ultimately. So find a good study Bible and a reading plan and get started. Take notes on Sunday morning. You might not think this is the most inspiring sermon today or any other day, but if someone is preaching from the Word of God, why would you not have out a piece of paper and a pen? Don't be one of those scoffers who sits back and say, what does he have to say to me today? Wow me. Write something down. Go back on Monday morning to reflect back on the scriptures that were read during the sermon. Inquire with your community group leader or a pastor as to where to start to read in the Bible and how to ask good questions of the text, how to kind of interrogate the text so you can understand it and apply it to your life. These are all things we should be doing. Proverbs 28.9 says this, If anyone turns away his ear from hearing the law, that means the Word of God. The Word of God. If anyone turns his ear away from hearing the Word of God, even his prayer is an abomination. That's kind of a surprising comment, isn't it? Can you imagine any situation in which your prayer is an abomination towards God? How could could this possibly happen? So 20 years ago, an, an author, a really great author named Gary Thomas, wrote a helpful Christian book called Sacred Pathways. Any of you ever heard of this book? It, some of you have, and you're shaking your head. Most of you have it, but I, I, I bet you've probably been very influenced by it. His, his whole thesis is that people don't need to follow the same path in connecting with Jesus. You can follow a different path, and you've, you've probably been influenced by this thesis, but didn't know it. So if you've ever said, I most connect with God through reading his word and hearing his word, or if you've ever said, I most connect through God by just talking with him through prayer, or if you've ever said, I best connect with God through music, through song, through worship. And you've probably been influenced. If you ever said, I best connect with God through nature, you've bought into the sacred pathway idea that we can connect to God in different ways, and that's good. But here is the caveat to that. As you connect with God in all these different ways, often spoken ways, there are a ton of opinions that are expressed, right? Opinions expressed through what we say and what we pray. Opinions expressed through the songs that we sing back to God. Even all kinds of opinions about the world we live in, the nature we get to experience and enjoy out there. All kinds of opinions. And look what your news sheet says here, Proverbs 18.2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. God doesn't say don't express your opinion. He doesn't say don't share with others what's on your heart. But when you're only expressing your opinion about things, it's foolish. Or instead, Proverbs 28.9, don't turn your ear away from hearing his word, from hearing his law. And that's the opportunity here, guys. Rather than put that negatively, here's the opportunity. Let the word of God instruct the best way you connect with him. I get it. Some of you don't connect with God best by reading and studying the word of God every day with your pen out, with your journal ready. I'm not discouraged. You should be reading the word of God every day. But study and meditation isn't the best way you connect with God. I get that. So here is what you can do. Connect to God through ongoing prayer 
If you're going to do that, open to a psalm of thanksgiving. Open to a psalm of lament. A psalm of petition. A song of confession. And let the Word of God begin to influence how you pray. Pray with Jesus from John 17 and his prayer about unity among God's people or, or his outline for prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Or pray with Paul and the amazing prayers of Ephesians 1, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 6. In other words, get in the habit of praying prayers that will instruct how you pray. You get that? That's instruction. You're not just praying your opinion back to God. You begin to pray prayers back to him that are informed by the word of God. If you most connect with, to God through song, make sure you're sprinkling into your songs the word of God, not just songs that are poetic. So sprinkle into what you sing hymns. Especially hymns are so rich with the, the story of Jesus and, and truths about the gospel of Jesus, the good news about Jesus. Sprinkle those in along with whole song in Jesus culture that you listen to. Because you want the word of God to be influencing what you sing as well as opinion and, and poetry. That's, that's beautiful as well. If you most connect with God through nature, considering, consider memorizing Psalm chapter 8. Lord, Lord, oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Or, or Psalm 104. Or even last night. Did you guys see the sky last night and how beautiful it was on a crystal clear kind of cool night? And what came to mind for me was, was Prover, or sorry, um, Isaiah 40, 25 and 26, where God says, to whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who calls forth the starry hosts, calling them forth each by name. By his great power and mighty strength, not one of those stars is missing. And see, what can happen is, is, is the word of God influences our awe of nature. We begin to grow into being more like him, the God who created us. So there are two ways to exercise and build lean muscle in life. And clearly, I've not been doing those things, all right? Uh, I, I basically have one way of exercising, and it's the same every day, and it's mostly because I get to be in nature and enjoy God on my paddleboard. But there are two ways to exercise and build lean muscle. There's steady exercise called aerobic. That might be cycling for 10 minutes, swimming a mile or two, pounding the pavement for three miles. And a lot of you guys know this. And that's great. But apparently to maximize your potential with your body, that, that's attained by combining aerobic exercise with anaerobic exercise, also called high-intensity interval training, which apparently, and I have not tried this, in some ways I'm grateful, uh, which is going as hard as you can for shorter intervals than you rest. Going as hard as you can, then you rest. And the idea is that you so shock your muscles into doing things that they rarely do. And I guess they begin to grow. That's the idea. That's what I've heard. Listening daily to instruction from the Word of God is like that steady daily aerobic exercise. That steady habit. And you're going to grow from it as you listen and are instructed by His Word. But these brief but intense intervals are listening to a rare but effective reproof that comes from God. When you really want to shock your muscles, kind of beat them up a little bit, which is also necessary from growth, you'll be sensitive to what's known as a reproof from God. That's the second type of listening we see here and necessary for maximum growth. Listening for shocking growth or reproof. Now, it's still early in 2016. We can all agree on that, right? Still February. We can still kind of call it the new year. And let me say this. I really believe at some point this year, you are going to be confronted with words that are hard to hear, which is often called a reproof. 
calling you out for something in your life which is inconsistent with who God is and who he's calling you to be. So it will be, guys, a crossroads moment for you. And I just, I really don't want you to miss it. And don't miss that Proverbs 15.31 says this kind of crossroads moment is meant to be life-giving to you. It's not meant to hurt you. It might initially sting, but it's ultimately meant to be life-giving. And how you respond, whether or not you really listen, will further set you down the road, down the path of wisdom or the path of folly, the path of life or the path of death. The source may be unlikely. I have a friend who was once reproved about their relationship with their adult son by hearing a, a Folgers instant coffee commercial during the holidays on television. It was one of these commercials where the military son comes in the door. I don't remember these old ones. Military son kind of comes through the door, not expected, and the dad's there to give him a hug. And what, if, what's, what does he do to welcome him? He pours him coffee, and he gives it to him. And my friend said, I was so convicted about not welcoming my, my son, who I've kind of been estranged from, back into my life. So you never know where a reproof will come from, where, where you will learn one from. It may come from reading your Bible through the radio, through song, just a casual thought over coffee with a friend. Something that's hard to hear. It may also come from someone you love, someone you respect, someone who loves you enough, by the way, to tell you the truth. So during my earliest years in ministry, I sat down with an elder in our church who let me know I was being considered for a special honor, a special position in the church, which was very encouraging. Until he got to the part where he was going to issue me a reproof. (laughs) He said, um, but if everyone we've considered for this honor, uh, you rank near the bottom in servanthood and being a servant to other people. And man, I got to tell you guys, I was like, yikes. I was just, and, and, and as he spoke, I so wanted just to, to defend myself, right? But what about this situation? But what about this situation? I remember Proverbs 18, 13, which says, if, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and his shame. And we're so prone, right, when we hear something hard, to just want to respond back, to be defensive, to give our reasons why we're not doing what we probably should be doing. And really, it'd be wise to listen. So he had these punching words that reached my gut. And I, as I walked away with them, I asked God that day, that week, to help me make, begin to make little decisions of going the extra mile for other people in my life. And, and believe me, I, I'm still on that road. <laughs> I'm still working on that. But now at least I'm working on, on, on the path of life. It, it was life-giving. So be forewarned. A reproof is coming your way. And when it comes, just remember wisdom from Proverbs. Humility comes before honor. As you receive it humbly, it will be life-giving for you. So the other cool thing about this little proverbial triad, verses 31 through 33 of Proverbs 15, is it offers three rewards for listening. Three, Three pieces of good news for listening to instruction regularly and occasionally to a hard word as well. A wise self, wise people, and a wise God. So look at these three rewards. First, a wise self. Proverbs 15, 32. He who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Now the word translated there for intelligence is, is lave, which literally means a heart. In other words, the person who receives instruction from the word of God and is open to receive something hard, that person receives a heart. And not the kind of heart that the tin man wanted. 
right, in the Wizard of Oz, right? If I only had a heart. Not that kind of heart. But we remember the Hebrew, remember class, remember the Hebrew understanding for heart? It is not just the seat of emotions, but the Hebrew understanding of the heart was the seat of thought. It was the seat of the will. It's the control center of a person. So someone who, who receives God's word regularly into their life and humbly receives even hard words into their life is able then to be a person who makes good decisions, who makes decisions that feel for other people, who makes decisions that care about other people, who makes decisions that are wise. You, get a, you become a wise self as you listen to instruction in your life, but also you get wise people. Look at Proverbs 15, 31. The man who listens to a life-giving reproof will what? Dwell among the wise. I know there are a number of us here, and you've even said to me, you long to have some different friend. You long to have a different kind of community. You long to be the kind of people I just described, men and women who, who feel like Jesus felt, who think like Jesus thinks, who make the kinds of choices that Jesus makes. And and might it not just be coincidence or bad timing that it hasn't yet happened? Might it rather be God wants you to grow as a listener and humbling yourself to what he has to say, even the hard things he might want to say? God wants to give us community that we can both draw from and give to. Draw from their wisdom and give wisdom back. So look on your new sheet here, Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. God wants to give you a community where you can openly and safely share the concerns of your heart and be able to make wise decisions as people give input to you. How about Proverbs twenty one twenty eight? A false witness will perish, but the word of a man who hears will endure. In other words, as you hear instruction, hear the very words of God, you'll be able to be someone who can give wisdom to others. Because you're not just another person giving their opinion. You're someone who's giving the very words of God back to somebody. And that's a vibrant community. A community can actually be healthy and grow, nourished by the Word of God. So, wise self, wise people, but also you get a wise God. Proverbs 15, 32. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. Now, one of the most frequent questions I get as a pastor is, what does it mean to fear God? Like, we don't want to be afraid of Him, right? We don't want to tremble at God because God is a loving God. He's expressed that supremely through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave Himself for us. So what then does it mean to fear God? And my preferred way to respond to this is to kind of illustrate it with a question. And it's this, do, do you view God through a magnifying glass or through a telescope? As someone I once heard rightly sort of observe, there are two types of magnification. A magnifying glass, Right? Or a telescope. And they're very different. A magnifying glass actually makes smaller things appear very large, right? And you did this as a kid. You looked through a magnifying glass at the ant. It was the coolest thing in the world. When you first saw that ant, you're like, oh my gosh, it's a giant ant. Right? Honey, I shrunk the kids kind of moment. But when we make little things appear larger, these are the things in our life that we tend to fear most often, right? A slight from a friend, a comment from a boss. Everything's going to blow up later. A savings account balance that isn't the same as it was this time last month. And we we begin to blow that up in our minds and magnify it with our hearts. This is way worse. This is way worse. This is way worse. But a telescope magnifies small-looking stars and planets and makes them look closer to their real size, doesn't it? To fear God is to magnify who He really is. 
to, to rightly see what otherwise might appear small, insignificant, and far away and blow it up to the size that it really is in our hearts and in our minds. The love of God, His perfection, His, his patience, His sovereignty, His mercy, His awesome power. And to see them for what they truly are, to make them big in our hearts and our minds. He becomes larger in our eyes while our fears become smaller. Guys, the Word of God The very word of God is our telescope magnifying for us who God really is. And the question is, are we really listening? Let's pray. Father God, each of us wants to become a wise person. Each of us here wants to be surrounded by wise people. We we really want to be in that kind of relationship where we fear a wise God making you bigger seeing you for who you really are. God, we, we just want to confess to you that we won't get there by relying on, on positivity or mere opinions, but by learning. Learning how to listen. But both regular instruction from God's word and listening with humility to, to a hard word that's meant to give us life. God, your word is meant to magnify who you really are. And here's what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. To all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. This word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. The glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Thank you, Jesus, for illuminating our hearts and for being the very word of God. We can help us learn and grow the rest of our days until the day we're with you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.